So welcome along to the recap at the end of week 12. You have been going through many days now of reading. You have hopefully been able to keep up with it. You have hopefully been finding it interesting in what you have been doing. It is, of course, this story of the Israelites, the story of these people as they move toward this promised land. And Moses has been leading them. He brought them out of slavery through the Passover and all that it represented and then has been leading them for this time uh, and they've been walking these 40 years through the wilderness and we have these events where Moses is tried by these people, they test his patience and they test God's patience. We have these moments where the people have done what they should and repent uh, and turn to what God seeks them to do and then forget about that uh, and try their own way and grumble and complain about all that God has been doing and the way that he's been leading them and why didn't he just let them die back in in Egypt which they wanted out of of course and so we have this people much like ourselves where when things don't go our way we tend to to kick up a little bit of a fuss or when we don't get what we want then we wonder what God is doing and we wonder how when he gives us this little thing how it it isn't what we expect it to be it's uh, I'd heard a reference like an acorn sometimes we expect to get the oak tree we expect to, to get it as it is fully grown, but yet God gives us uh, an acorn and we kind of wonder, God, what are you doing with this? Surely this isn't I, this isn't what I asked for. I asked for the oak tree and you've just given me this acorn, but God knows what is within that acorn and knows what it will become and so knows that we have to be patient and knows what lies ahead for us and so we have to trust in the promises that God gives to us. But over these last couple of weeks we have covered a lot of things. We've covered the further regulations that Israel were given through Moses and Deuteronomy actually which we have been looking through. This is an introduction to the Old Testament book that I have by Raymond B. Dillard and Tremper Longman III. Um, it's, it's an old book that, that I've got and gives you a, an outline maybe in half a dozen pages or ten pages of each book in the Bible. It tells us that the name of this book of the Bible comes from a Greek compound that means second law or repetition of the law. Ironically, it drives from a misunderstanding in the Septuagint of a Hebrew phrase in Deuteronomy where the king is instructed to make a copy of this law. So Deuteronomy has this idea of it in the sense of repetition of the law because that is what Moses does. He's been given this law and he's given it to us previously and we've heard about it in Exodus when he came down from the mountain and where God had told him all that he has to do. And so this is essentially Moses' last sermon or a reminder of the rules and regulations that Moses is going to put in place because he has been told that He's not going to get to enter the promised land, that he's going to die before the people step over into it. And he's he's passing on to Joshua that. And so these are his last words. And so he gives us these further regulations. Really of interesting note in it is on day 72, the, the main theme of this idea of blessing and curse. God sets a blessing and a curse before the people that if they obey him, if they follow his ways in chapter 28 of Deuteronomy, if you faithfully obey the Lord your God and are careful to follow all his commands I am giving you today, the Lord your God will put you far above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come and overtake you because you obey the Lord your God. And it goes on to show the blessings. But also then in, in chapter 27 before he gives the curses that will happen. Uh, he tells them to stand in a certain way and says, you will be cursed if you do not follow and put the laws in chapter 27, verse 26. Cursed is anyone who does not put the words of this law into practice and all the people say amen. And so there's this idea central to all that happens through the Old Testament and central to all that happens in this faith is this idea of blessing and curse. 
you'll be blessed by God if you follow his commands, if you obey what his laws say, if you go the way that God intends you to be, but you will be cursed if you do not. And we've seen that time and time again, and we see that in the next coming weeks, that God often hands over these people because they decide to do their own thing. They decide to go their own way. Uh, we're told that in this idea of Deuteronomy as a speech, it's been understood as a series of three addresses by Moses to Israel in the plains of Moab. Each address begins in, and is orientated around a specific point and part of their journey. Um, the first is all about uh, Israel's journey to the border of the land. The second is about the future and concerns Israel's life under the law and the land. And the third address is the nation is led in covenant renewal. Uh, and then we get towards the end of Deuteronomy, the account of Moses' death. And so there's this idea of all Moses' last words, the summary of their history as we get towards the end of week 11. And then in week 12, how they go into the promised land. And we have this handover where it's no longer Moses in charge, but Joshua is handed over this, the, the reins, so to speak, where Moses gives his final words to Joshua and tells Joshua how to act and what he is to do. And then we go into this section where where Joshua leads the people at the start of the book of Joshua. He is the commander. Certain cities are taken. We have the city of Jericho that's taken in triumphant way and the siege and the struggle. We have I as it's pronounced and we have all that Joshua goes on to do. We're told in that same book in an introduction to the Old Testament a very interesting point. The greatest act of salvation history in the Old Testament was not the Exodus alone. And we often look at the Exodus as being the greatest pinnacle as it is. But this book reminds us that the Exodus was just one half of a great redemptive complex. God had not promised his people only that he would redeem them from bondage, but also that he would give them the land he promised to the fathers as their inheritance. The great work of redemption from bondage in Egypt cannot be separated from the inheritance of the land that God had promised. The book of Joshua takes us into that inheritance. It describes the conquest and distribution of that land. And so there's this idea that we look at all that God did through the Passover as the major focal point of the Old Testament of the people of Israel is this exile from slavery. God coming down to free them from the bondage and oppression that they were in. And yet that's only half of the story. Because he leads them out and although they wander in the wilderness these times there's always an end goal. There's always a point that they're getting to and that is the promised land. And so the final part of that great salvation is not only that they're freed from bondage but they step into the promised land that they were given. There's all kinds of things that we could talk about today. That's a, a I was going to say a brief, it's not really a brief, it's a, a long overview. There's many things we could think about the end of Moses' leadership and Moses' final words. And we could ask, well, why did that come to be? And we could look at the certain passages that were named and wonder why Moses doesn't get to go into the promised land. I mean, it wasn't him who disobeyed a lot of the time. It was the people and he and God go back and forth and talk about this people that you each, each refers to Israel as the people that the other brought out of slavery so we could talk about that we could talk about the whole summary of the israelite history beginning at the exodus and under the leadership of moses we could talk about god anointing joshua and giving him success we could talk about the fact that it, it doesn't end there that the problems still arise and that although the people step into this promised land there's all, all already disobedience and there's already uh, people giving off and grumbling and complaining but we're going to take a look at this idea of Moses' leadership going into Joshua's 
the book of Deuteronomy is about Moses' instructions. It's about what he tells them. It's all about what he says to them and what he gives them. This reminder, this blessing and curse, which we've already referenced. We've talked about that this half of the promise and Joshua entering into the half of the promise. But there was always the reins to be handed over. Moses knew from a fairly early time that he wasn't going to get into the promised land. God states that to him and says to him that you are to find one and anoint and I will reveal that person to you and he will take the people into the promised land. And that's all, always a difficult thing. And you could imagine if, if Joshua was stepping into these shoes of Moses, he would have had great fear and trepidation about actually doing that. I mean, this was a, this people that he had seen and Joshua and Caleb were the two involved. They were two of the 12 spies who went out to, to look at this land many years ago and who had brought back the report and the rest of the people with him said, oh no, don't don't go into it. They're, they're too big and there's too many people there and we'll never succeed. Whereas Joshua and Caleb said, no, we can. God is with us. Let's Let's do this. And because then the people didn't, because they didn't do what God instructed them to do, then they wandered the desert for those years. And so Joshua would have known all about this people. He would have sat under Moses' leadership. We're not told anywhere that he was mentored by him. We're just told that there was a point at which God and God appointed and anointed Joshua for this leadership. That happens in day 74, which is towards the middle of week 11, where Moses appealed to the Lord, may the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, and this is chap Numbers chapter 27, appoint a man over the community who will go out before them and come back in before them, who will bring them out and bring them in so that the Lord's community won't be like a sheep without a shepherd. And so Moses, because he knew he wasn't going to step into the promised land, appealed that God would reveal someone else to them. And God replies to Moses, take Joshua, son of Nun, a man who has the spirit in him and lay your hands on him, stand him by us have him stand before Elysia the priest and the whole community and commission him in their sight so Moses literally laid his hands on Joshua symbolically showing the people that this was their new leader this was the man who was going to lead them from now on Moses did as the Lord commanded him he took Joshua and had him stand before the priest and the entire community and commissioned him as the Lord had spoken through Moses we're not told anything else. He simply says this This is like the instruction. We talk about leadership and we talk about discipleship and we talk about formation now and mentoring in that way. But Moses summons Joshua and says to him in the sight of all Israel, be strong and courageous for you will go with this people into the land the Lord swore to give to their fathers. You will enable them to take possession of it. This is Deuteronomy chapter 31. The Lord is the one who will go before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. The Lord commissioned Joshua, son of Nun. And so that, that's kind of it. We're not told any other parts. Then we're only told as Joshua begins in chapter 1, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, and who had served Moses. So there was, a, there was a service there. There was a point. We're not told much about that, whether Moses told him or whether Moses knew that God would do it and God would provide but the Lord says to Joshua, my, Moses, my servant is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan into the land I am giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Israel. And that's kind of it. He just tells them to go. Again, we're not told much of the detail behind that, but we can assume from this that as had happened the whole way through Moses' ministry, as had happened when Moses led this people, it was a case of God instructed and Moses followed. 
there wasn't any exam to be passed. There wasn't any sense of God sat Moses down and revealed this whole thing to him written out in paper or a plan or a strategy or vision for what it was going to happen. It wasn't as if it was like an army besieging a land and so you would set out your tactics and your strategy for all that and the ways in which you would maybe realign what you were doing to try and figure out what the other side would do. No, this was just God was telling and they were going. I am going to give you the land, every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. I am going to give this to you and so go. And Joshua goes. And for the rest of week 12, we're told how he wins the land, how he wars for many years and besieges cities and takes them captive and destroys many of these cities so that he can wipe out all the people from this promised land that they were given from God as the people of God, as the chosen ones of God. A couple of notes just to, to finish, maybe notes that reflect into our lives. This was the fulfilment of the promise that God gave. It came many years later. It came through a different person than it originally thought. Moses was given the role of leading the people out of slavery and yet he didn't get to lead them into the second half of that promise and so maybe for you your role is just part of it you're not expected to do all of it whatever that might be whether you feel that you have things that you desire to do or want to do maybe you're only going to get to do part of them maybe you'll not be able to step in to the full extent of the promise that you thought you might be able to but God has a specific role for you to do. God has places to give you. God has land where your foot will tread that he has promised you to win over. But maybe you're only part of that. But the good thing is that he continues to work through people. He didn't stop after Moses. He didn't stop when the Passover occurred and when his people were brought out of the, the Egypt and that great exile. God continues to work through people. And so maybe your time is to come. Maybe you're part of that mission, a part of that vision of what God wants to do in that place or in your workplace or in your home or your community or your social club or whatever that is. Maybe your time is yet to come. Maybe God will speak to you like he did to Joshua, saying the previous guy, the previous woman who was doing this, their time is now done. Now I'm going to give the rest of the promise to you. Maybe you'll not even know what that is. Maybe it hasn't been revealed to you yet. But God continues to work in and through people. And that includes you. And then the, the final note for us is simply to remember that when we talk about the promised land in this sense of the Old Testament, we have a promised land that Jesus promises to us. It's not a physical land as it was for the Israelites but it's a spiritual realm, an otherly land that we will possess. And so in all that we do, we, like the Israelites, strive towards it. We, like Joshua, make steps towards it. We don't just stop as if on the edge of Egypt and go, well, that's us. Kind of, We're freed from sin. We're liberated from our bondage of sin, which is the terminology that we can use in the Christian faith. But we are still to step into the promised land. And so we still continue to work and seek the good and bless those around us on God's behalf so that God gets the glory and the honour. The next couple of weeks we'll continue. We'll be looking through what happens after that. We'll have moved through um, 
let me see we'll have moved through the, the the death of joshua we'll go into ruth and gideon some other characters some interesting characters including uh, samson and samuel and saul um, so we're really getting into the depths of, of the Israelite story here uh, and all that unfolds because as we know and maybe if you've read parts of your Bible it doesn't just stop here when they go into the promised land it's not all rosy it's not all how it should be and those blessings and curse that God talked about still remain and when the people turn which they inevitably do those curses come upon them. But we hope that you've enjoyed these last couple of weeks, that you've enjoyed this short recap. There'll be another recap coming up in a couple of weeks and then we'll have a separate Easter recap as well just to reflect about all that we've looked at so far in relation to Easter. Um, But we hope you've enjoyed these last two weeks uh, and continue reading into week 13 and 14.